We're going to read a uh, passage of scripture here to start off our service this morning and uh, get us in the frame of mind for uh, what's going to be the focus of our service. Uh, Pastor Michael will be speaking this morning on the Word of God and that being central to what we're about as a, as a people. Um, and before I share uh, this passage of scripture with you, I just want to... Uh, Make sure that you're aware of some deaths that we had um, related with people related to people who are in our church family uh, this past weekend. Uh, Steve and Jesse's father, Steve Jesse, uh, passed away. He'd been in hospice for the last few weeks and um, passed away this weekend. And so please remember Stephen and Jesse and his mom and brother in your prayers during this time. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock here in the church auditorium, there's going to be a family visitation time. And then we're going to have the funeral service right after that at 6. And the family wants to have a meal uh, after the service. So if you could provide a side dish or dessert tomorrow and drop it off here at the church at some time, we will make sure that that gets delivered to the family so that they have that available for the meal tomorrow evening. That would be a huge help. And thank you for reaching out to them. And also, uh, Lemuel Waters, his wife, Joyce, uh, she had been in uh, assisted living for the last few years, and uh, she passed away this weekend as well. So please remember Lemuel and uh, his sons in your prayers. The family visitation will be tomorrow night at 6 at Bradley's, and then the service, funeral service for Joyce Waters will be at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. So thank you so much for remembering these two families in your thoughts and prayers and reaching out to them. We're going to be focused on what unites us as a church this morning, and that's the Word of our God. You know, a, a verdict came out this week um, regarding a, a, a situation in our country that's been very controversial and even after that verdict came out, you read on social media just so much going back and forth and so much division uh, in, our, in our country. And there was actually recently an article that came out in Christianity Today just talking about the divide that there is even among, among us as God's people. You know, there are so many issues that over the last year they have divided our families, uh, they've divided our communities, they've divided our churches. And... We're here this morning recognizing that together, in spite of all our differences, we are a people of the Word. The news, the information of the day to which we're all submitted and to which we all agree is what God reveals to us in His Word. And so this is a psalm that actually talks about, first and foremost, how God has revealed Himself to us through what we see in the great outdoors and man, just this morning, we got another glimpse of that, didn't we? Of how, how great and how good our God is. And then as He reveals Himself to us through His creation, as He spoke everything into existence through His Word, so also through Scripture, He speaks. And that's how we as His people are united together this morning and listening to Him. So listen to this psalm, Psalm 19. Feel free to turn, to, turn there if you have your Bibles. The psalmist says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day they pour out speech. Night after night they communicate knowledge. There's no speech, there are no words. 
Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a groom coming from the bridal chamber. It rejoices like an athlete running, from, running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its seat. In other words, all that God has revealed is available to all eyes to see. Just incredible in how great our God is. And then he talks about how God has spoken through Scripture to reveal himself to us. And this is what he says. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, which comes from the honeycomb. And the psalmist then says, because God's word is so good, it reveals to us just how good what the Lord desires is for our lives. He says this, in addition, your servant is warned by them. There is great reward in keeping them. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule over me. Then I will be innocent and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. As he says, just as God reveals himself to us through nature, so God reveals himself to us through the word of scripture. And as we hear it, we opened our minds and hearts so that God changes us and we grow in becoming the people he's called us to be. That's our purpose as a church. That's why we're gathered here this morning to hear from him. And I have expectation uh, with you that we will hear him because of his faithfulness. We're going to take the time to pray together. And then after I pray, Gordy DeMerit's going to come and share with us a way that God is allowing our church to be obedient to his word and serving one another. And I think you'll be encouraged by that. Let me pray with you. Father, we're here this morning as your people, Lord, desiring that we would truly hear from you. God, in a day of so much confusion and so many opinions, amidst so many opinions that are so divided, Lord, we desire that your voice, your instruction, would unite us as a people of the word. So God, we, we look to you in confident expectation that your spirit will speak to us. And may, Lord, we just be open to you showing to us those areas in our life where we still need to change. And Lord, expect you to give us the grace that we need, Lord, to follow you in obedience. We especially want to lift up to you, Lord, these dear families that ex have experienced loss this weekend, Lord, for the Jesse family, for Stephen and Bambi, his mom, his brother. Lord, all, all those related to Mr. Jesse, thank you so much for his testimony of faith in you. 
And Lord, we pray that you would allow us in these days, God, just give us the grace, the wisdom we need to be an encouragement to this family. May may they sense your presence in a very real way. And Lord, we also want to lift up to you our brother Lemuel this morning. God, you know the incredible trial that uh, this man has been through, Lord, with uh, Joyce declining health over the last couple years. And Lord, I just I thank you, Father, for the the hope that we have that when we are absent from this body, Lord, that we are present with you. And thank you, Father, that that you walk with Lemuel in these times. And so, God, we pray that your presence would be very real and dear to him as well. And help us, Lord, to be your voice and uh, hands and feet of encouragement in his life as well. Thank you, Father, that you're with us. And we just look to this service, Lord, to be truly by your grace of all about you and for your glory in our Jesus name who makes it all possible. Amen. Thank you, Mike. I want to talk this morning for just about five minutes about one way that our church, your church, is prepared to serve you. Not today how you can serve the church, but how your church is prepared to serve you. We often talk about ways that we can serve, and that's very important because our first obligation as Christians, the very purpose for which we are saved, is of course to serve. Heaven is a nice someday consequence, but it's not the whole purpose of our salvation. That would make it all about me, and what Jesus did for me, and it's really about Jesus himself. All Jesus ever asked of us is to follow him in serving. And all the one another's of scripture are about serving others. Agape love is a love that shows itself in action serving others. Even worship, as Pastor Mike quoted last week to us, has its climax in serving not feeling connected or feeling reverent. The climax of worship is serving. So because of that, our church is prepared to serve you. We have a group of eight highly trained individuals, trained, practiced, and skilled in helping people navigate through the lowest and darkest points in life. They are the members of the Stephen ministry team. The first group of eight trained for over a year to learn their skills, and we have another group of seven who are now involved in that same lengthy training. Our trained team over the last many months has walked beside members of our church who have heard a diagnosis of terminal cancer and walked confidently through his final months. Those who have suddenly lost a wife a son, a daughter, a husband. Those who many months after a loss find that they are themselves still unable to reconcile. Walked with a woman who was emotionally and physically abused by her boyfriend, a man whose wife was confined to a nursing home and he unable to visit because of COVID restrictions. The numbers of ways that people suffer is almost unlimited. Loneliness 
is a terrible suffering. Wayward kids cause parents to suffer, and absent parents cause kids to suffer. Every form of disease has its own form of suffering. And something that one person might weather comfortably, the loss of a job, a dealing with an aging parent, a divorce, someone else might need someone to come along and help support them through. Our church is prepared to help serve you through those needs. I am not today inviting you to join the Stephen Ministry, since it will be at least a year before we consider training another group beyond the seven that are now in training. And besides that, all of us here who are Christian, by the power of the Holy Spirit, already have the ability, we are prepared by that Holy Spirit to comfort and to support others. You don't need to be a member of the Stephen Ministry team to do that. Galatians 6 2, bear one another's burdens, is not written to a select few, it is written to all of us. And yet there are skills, and there are gifts, but there are skills that make some more capable at burden bearing than others. A skill means it can be taught, it can be learned, it can be practiced, and it can be improved. Listening, for example, is such a skill. Conveying confidence and trustworthiness to another is a skill. Empathy is a skill. Being assertive with an individual who needs that kind of support is a skill. When and how to use scripture and avoid biblical cliché is a skill. Recognizing the signs of clinical depression is a skill. All of these and many, many other skills are the skills that our eight trained team members possess and are ready to serve you. Ultimately, our church, however, can only serve you if we know that you have a need. So first of all, and the reason that I am speaking this morning is to ask everyone to be humble enough in those hurting times to say, I need my church. And ask for a member of the Stephen Ministry team to walk along with you. The hard part may be the humility. The easy part is simply calling one of our pastors or calling me and letting us know that you want this confidential help. We will arrange for one of these trained and skilled people to come alongside and walk with you. Because people can be so hesitant to ask for help for themselves, we also need you to let us know if you know of someone, church member or not, who needs the support of someone trained and skilled at bearing another's burdens. The members of the Stephen Ministry team want to help you bear those burdens. Thank you very much. Now we'll get the praise team to come forward and we'll open the next portion with prayer. Lord, we are so thankful that you have brought us together this morning for the very purpose of, of singing praise to you and praising you through obedience to your word and 
We do pray that you'd give us each an, a fresh ear to hear what we've not heard before and a new understanding, new revelations. We ask that you'd empower Micah in such a special way today to speak boldly and freely in ways that, that we will know you are present in this room with us now. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much, Gordy. We're going to sing about God's incredible and amazing grace. We're going to focus today on the Word of God, which is definitely a gift, a miracle that we have from the Lord that we do not deserve. I'm super thankful we get to celebrate God through His Word. So let's stand and let's sing about this amazing grace we have from our Lord Jesus Christ.
grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself. It's not of works, not our righteousness, but from him. So we don't have anything to boast about but Jesus Christ, amen? And we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works. He's prepared these works beforehand that we should walk in them. He created us, and he came to transform us. And it's all because of God's amazing grace. Let's keep singing that.
love for this song to be uh, a regular here in Mount Carmel Regular Baptist Church. And, um, but I love the whole point of this song as we think about God's grace. He is a good and gracious king. But in, in God giving to us, giving us him, himself, his son, the sacrifice for our sin, giving us new life, coming back from the dead, we don't deserve that. That's amazing. And God didn't need us. There's a line in here that says, The king in need of nothing, empty-handed, I rejoice. You deserve the greater glory. Overcome with joy, I sing. I love this truth. I pray this song will be a blessing to you as we focus our minds about the source and the purpose of this grace. Good and gracious king.
opportunity to sing. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift to be able to celebrate you through music. And as we open up your word today, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate us, would open up our hearts, would open up our minds to help us to see again, Lord, that this life, wow, it's not about us. It's about you, King Jesus, and the power and the strength and the encouragement and the endurance and the motivation you give us, Lord. Let's abandon self and trust and rest in you. That we would take you in personally, corporately as a church, and live you out in front of our community, our friends, our family, our jobs. Please do your transforming work even now as we encounter you through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Brian is uh, traveling back from North Carolina. So thank you for praying for him. And Aaron Weekly is also on the road traveling back to, to here as well. Before we get started, I got a, a, few, a couple things I want to share with you. As we are starting things back and we're opening things back up, we're excited, but we're picking up the pieces, and we want you to come with us. Um, if you have a child in children's church, oh, by the way, if you're a child, there's children's church. So you are now dismissed. Sorry about that. Go ahead. You can leave. Thank you. Head on back. Danielle is waiting for you in the back. And as they leave, let me just uh, make you aware of something. They will be going home with a paper like this. And uh, we are inviting you, parents, or anybody who is ready or willing and, and wanting to serve. Um, so we have Jamie Seal and uh, Daniel Tucker and um, Caitlin Cash. They would love to invite you on May 6th at 6.30 for a dinner fellowship here. They, would want, they want to share with you and talk with you their vision about children's church and children's ministry. It would be an awesome and encouraging time and uh, a, a time to ask questions, get questions answered, and see maybe how you may be able to help and serve with our children's church. That's May 6th, and we want you guys here that evening to join us for that to answer all of your questions. Secondly, uh, if you are a teenager, high school night is tonight. We are going to uh, break things up a little bit. We're going to watch a movie tonight. It's a really fun, a dramatic movie called Risen. And it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the perspective of a Roman centurion. And it is very moving as we think about the truth of Christ coming back from the dead and what that looked like in a different perspective. So we're going to be starting at 6, and we're going to go a little bit later, and we're going to end at 8. So there's food, there's fun, there's fellowship, maybe some fondue, maybe, I don't know. But it'll be fun, and we want you to be there, but it's also an encouraging and challenging time as well. Lastly... We are going, um, I, one of the biggest honors in my life, I've been asked to speak at Camp Eagle in Fincastle. Now, if you know anything about my story and Emily's story, um, we got to serve at camp, and man, God worked in our hearts in, in amazing ways, being able to go to camp and also serve at Camp Eagle in Fincastle. And uh, for them to ask me to come and speak is like, I'm so excited. It's like the one thing that I've like always wanted to do. So, Emily and I are going down there, and we want to take your kids with us. Um, so I talked to the director yesterday, and they are holding some, some spots for us. And I have a flyer and a sign-up sheet. And uh, just as before we jump in, there are two camps running at the same time, um, at the same place. So we have high school camp and junior camp at the same time. And this is going to be June 14th. 
through 18th. Now, what an amazing time to be able to step back from all the craziness that's happening in our world, take a step back from the cell phone for a week, be immersed in God's creation and His Word, and to be encouraged in, in incredible ways. So come see me. There is a sign-up sheet and flyers on, on the bulletin board, or come see me afterward. I would love to talk to you more about going to camp. We're going to bug the heck out of you for the next two weeks with one calls and text messages. So uh, I apologize in advance, but I'm really, really, really excited about uh, camp. So that would be amazing if you want to check that out. And lastly, uh, we've been praying for a long time for this uh, particular person, and we're still praying for this particular person. But I just want to celebrate God's goodness and his faithfulness for Jennifer Roy being our first uh, Sunday back with us. She told, me, she told me that her first Sunday back, we were going to be, like, dancing down the aisle, and, you know, and it was good. So I'm um, still waiting for the dance down the aisle. I'll join you. Lainey's going to start us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I embarrassed you. My bad. No. Um, so, again, every time I get to come and stand before you and share God's word, I am incredibly blessed. I'm incredibly humbled, and I'm so thankful that I get to serve Jesus Christ alongside of you. So before we get started, let's pray together. Father, thank you for being so faithful to us. I acknowledge my station. I see where I am. I know my sinfulness. And I don't deserve you. God, you have been so, so kind and so gentle and so, so amazing to us as a church family. And I pray as we center, center around your word to talk about your word that, yes, number one, Lord, you would encourage us. You would remind us, again, uh, how much you love us and how much we need you. But, Lord, would you transform us even more to be able to take this amazing truth and to spread it outside of these walls. We must. We can and we must. We thank you, Lord, for how you are so gentle and so kind, a good and gracious king. Holy Spirit, you take over this service and we'll walk away thankful for it. Because you're the king of glory. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So we started this series talking about a biblical church, just peeling back the foundations on which our church is founded. Pastor Brian kicked us off a couple weeks ago, and Pastor Mike last week uh, did a phenomenal job talking about worship, how we're created for worship, looking into Isaiah chapter 6. If you didn't get a chance to hear that message, go to um, Facebook, YouTube, go back and check that out. And I hope that your heart is encouraged as we acknowledge how we are created to worship our King. And a part of way, one way that we worship is through the Word of God. I think of Charles Heston and the Ten, Ten Commandments, the Word of God. Um, but I, I, love, I love God's Word, and um, as I was praying and thinking, as, as we peel back what our church is all about, we must look at God's Word, first, first off, how it applies to us personally. Right? How does God's word um, affect me and challenge me personally? And then we must look through the lens on how it transforms us as a corporate body, as a church, as the body of Christ. How do we respond and be encouraged together and move forward? And then thirdly, how do we take it out of these walls? How does it transform our life to go just out of this huddle and out to our mission? So the Lord led me to 2 Timothy 3.16. We'd like to read this together. You can read in your head. I'll, I'll read it out loud. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may complete, be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we had a series with the teenagers called The Classics, where we look at uh, Bible verses that every good Christian should know, memorize, and practice. And this was one of those. This is one of those passages that you might see a lot. And before we plop down into the Bible, we need to look into the context. You just don't open the Bible and be like, got that verse, feel good, now it's my day. No, we jump in. There's, there's a lot more to just this passage than just reading it and going. Context, ask who, what, when, where, why. Read the verses before and after. Read the whole chapter. I'm going to give you a little head start. So who, right? The Apostle Paul wrote this in prison to his young pastor boy, protege, Timothy, encouraging him as a young pastor in, in several ways. Let me just give you a quick lowdown of the entire letter. You're welcome. Number one, told him to be grateful. Be grateful, Timothy, for your godly heritage. Don't be ashamed of me, Paul. I mean, I'm in prison, Timothy. Don't be ashamed of me and my bonds for Jesus. Thirdly, God's grace will empower you for a purpose. We just sing about God's grace. It empowers you to live it out, to be faithful to Jesus. Also, be aware of corrupt teachers. There were some teachers back then that were taking the good news of Jesus Christ, and they were twisting it. And if it was back then, we got to be aware of that also today. And next, appoint faithful people, Timothy, who will be teachers of the truth. Appoint faithful people that will be teachers of the truth. And then lastly, he says, I'm about to die. So come visit me and bring my coat because it's cold. That's how he ends the letter. Um, but this is really crazy. This is probably Paul's last writing before he literally went to the chopping block. Literally, for the cause of Jesus Christ. So... It's kind of got, got some importance to it as we think about how the Lord used and worked through the Apostle Paul. But today's passage, we're going to be zooming in on these two aspects if we think about the importance and the foundation and the confidence that we have in truth. Now, that's a very taboo world, uh, word today, truth. And what do we have to be confident about? Let's dig into it. So all Scripture, let's just go ahead, and I don't know how you read the Bible um, I can't, it's hard for me to just like blaze through. Anybody love to read? Anybody raise your hand? I love to read. I'm a reader. I'm a re Leaders are readers. Okay, I'm not. I only thing I really read is the Bible. Uh, and I have to read it really slow. And I have to take it sometimes even just word by word and sentence by sentence. So forgive me. But first off, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. We could stop here and just let our socks be blessed off of our feet, but I'd rather you keep your socks on. That's the only joke I have, so you're welcome. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. This word inspiration is the college education Greek word that I can pronounce maybe properly. Theopneuptos. Say it with me. Theopneuptos. You try it. Go ahead. Theopneuptos. There you go. Good job. It means God breathed. What's that mean? God breathed. The process in which God carried out his detailed work in the scriptures being written, led and influenced by the Holy Spirit. God's detailed work, him carrying out this incredible mission, this incredible message. And what is the message? Well, 
in the beginning. Really, Pastor Mike, and we're starting from the beginning. We got that covered. No, wait, just listen. In the beginning, God. Now, the story of the Bible could stop there, and it'd be incredible. I don't know if you thought about that. In the beginning, God. We just sang about it. A God, the King of glory, in need of nothing. Wow, majesty. But in his goodness, in his character, in his grace, he created. Amen. In the beginning, God, how did he create? He said, let there be, and there was. That's awesome. He spoke planets into existence. I, I, I love our planet. I love existence, and it came from the breath of God. Let there be, and as we know, we know the story, it's beautiful. And he said it was good. He made us in his image, then he said it was very good. That's incredible. And we know the story. Just like our first parents, we have made our bed. We have chosen, to, just like Adam, just like Eve, to eat from that tree and say, no, God, I am smarter than you. I think you're not being truthful with me. I will be my own God. I will do my own thing. And in the process, and in that sin, and in that rebellion, we're empty. We're lost without a hope in the world. And the first glimpse of gospel we read is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where he promises, not because we're deserving, he said, one day there will be a Savior that comes out of the, the, the seed of woman who will crush the power of sin and Satan, but that crushing of sin and Satan will come at a price. And our King of glory paid that price for the wages of sin for my sin for your sin our rebellion our own way our defiance of God the consequence that paycheck of that sin is death and to think and to acknowledge and to believe that Jesus stepped in front of that for me to absorb the wrath of God in my place in your place it's incredible it's so amazing and he took that death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the process. This is the message that our King of glory paid our fine in full and came back from the dead to prove to us, not that we, need, not that we deserve proof, not that we need the King of glory leaning down and, and, and coming to us at all. Not, it's in His grace that He does that. Showing us that everything that he said is true. And that he's the only one. He is the only one who has life. He defines what life is. For those who place their faith and trust in Jesus live in a transformed life. We have the message of Jesus Christ to give to the rest of the world. It's not just, okay, now I am saved and uh, this is where I'm going to stay. No, it must work itself out. I love it. I love it. The psalmist was very, very, very clear when he said, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them. Your words, O Lord, you shall preserve them from generation, this generation, forever. And he's done that. We're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. Hang on. It might be a little bit warm. You might feel the temptation to close. Wake up. Here we go. Also, 2 Peter 1.20, 
Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is by any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. As we face a very skeptical world right now, with the word truth being very taboo, one of the things they say out there is that I can't believe this because it was written by man. It was influenced and corrupted and, and uh, caused a whole you know, generation of people to run astray over a fairy tale. Well, God Barrett made it very clear that it wasn't by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, you think if this were true, it would be evident in history. There would be a lot of convincing evidence. Like, there should be like embarrassing evidence if God himself, the power of the Spirit, was going to make this thing viable and relatable and real for us. Okay, I'll give you some. You're welcome. I think I've shared this with you before. Just a few things. God's Word, the Bible, over 100 million copies of the Bible sold each year. Okay, impressive. Okay, you got, I'm listening. The full Bible has been translated time and time and time and time and time again. God's faithfulness to His Word to get this to the nations. If we're going to take the top 10 books in the world that are read the most, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to all other works of literature how much more God's Word is read compared to all the others. If you want to take a picture of that, you can. It's on Google. Um, 40 different authors. And the crazy thing about these different authors, what we're going to see in a second, is they, a lot of them, they couldn't compare notes. Different times, different continents, different generations. And then these authors, right, it's not just a single work. It's not just one guy saying, hey... I, was, I ate a burrito and I had this vision And uh, this is what God said that's not, that's not the Bible, right? These men and women that God used, right? Well, we don't know who wrote Hebrews But it's a collection of works from a wide variety of authors Such as shepherds and kings and farmers Priests, poets, scribes and fishermen Authors also include traitors, embezzlers, adulterers, murderers Auditors, the characters in the Bible, these men and these women, penned through, through all of these men, influenced by the leading of Scripture, it's incredible. Again, over on, on, written on three different continents, over a span of 1,500 years, zero contradictions. Okay, impressive. But forgive me for this chart, and I know I'm moving a little bit fast. If we're going to stack up, if we talk about classic literature, you got Plato, you got Constantine, you got old, old literature, you know, written on leaves and stuff like that. If we're going to stack up classic um, literature, each one would probably, just for with me, maybe, maybe stack up four feet. Like the copies of the original pieces of old literature, right? We're going to take the copies of the original. Each one we could stack up maybe four feet. The World Trade Center is about 1,700 feet. And if we're going to stack up all the copies, all the copies of the original Bible, just the manuscripts, we're going to stack them up sheet by sheet, paper by paper. They'd be over two and a half miles high. That's incredible. You think if God was purposeful in making sure you and I were able to behold his glory through his word, that's amazing. That's like embarrassingly convincing and amazing that there's something 
There's something, something incredible here. One united account, truly nothing short of a miracle. God's word. Theopneuktos, right? God breathed. He spoke planets into existence. And when we behold his word, that same breath. Thank you, Lord. And what I really love about this, as we have sang about our God, our God is a knowable God. He's not some distant deity up in the sky just, hey, man, I made you. I made you, but you, uh, you figure it out. I'm just going to chill out over here. That's not who our God is. He's involved. He's knowable. He wants you to know him. He already knows us. That's amazing. That already pleads relationship, doesn't it? All right, that's the first point. Secondly, what's it good for? It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness. Just real quick, let's take each one of these. Doctrine, what is that? It's God telling me things that I didn't know before. Now, um, if you're a parent, I need your help. My son Silas, he is seven, and he's crossed over this line, and he's entered into this stage of talking back concluding his superior intelligence over mommy and daddy it's insulting it is I don't know quite how to handle it yet um, and I, I try to logic through him but it doesn't matter it's crazy um, but we do this with God we have to swallow a big piece of good good humble pie and say God I don't know it all I need you God to tell me. I'm thankful for that. Reproof, right? Getting in my face about the things I say I believe, but actually don't live consistently. Ooh, sign me up. But this is true, right? This is, this is the, maybe the problem in my life, in my Christianity, when it's not outworking in my life. I say I believe it, but I don't live it. God's word confronts that. I'm thankful for it because I need this. I need reproof. We, we need reproof. Also for correction. Exposing my mess-ups, the messed-up ways of thinking and behaving. God is like on the ground talking about the daily issues and things that are happening in our lives. I'm thankful for it. And lastly, instruction and in righteousness. Showing me a new way. Well, not a way. Excuse me. Take that article out. Put the word the showing me the way to truly be human, the way Christ is intended and designed me to be. That's it. Authority. God's authority over my life. Now, that word authority might make you and I step back and be like, whoa. But that's the point. It's to insult and to kill and to murder our authority over our life and say, okay, King Jesus. Because to have objective knowledge of reality, we can look through the Bible as, as individuals, as a, as a corporate church body, and then take it out there to be able to know what is unchanging, what is true. I love Jesus. How about you? Sorry, I didn't mean to rhyme there. Excuse me. But um, he, he made an illustration. He said there was a guy who wanted to build his house on some sand. I know. It's dumb. But he did. He built his house on the sand, and the storms came. It's not if they come, it's when they come. And it, it wiped out the house. He's foolish. 
And there's this wise man, not wise guy, wise man who built his house on something solid, the rock. When the storms came, it didn't crash, it didn't fall, it stood firm. That is God's word. I'm thankful for that, especially as we live in a society, in a generation, in our world that says it's all about my opinions. We live in a world that says what you feel is what is real. That, you know, we need to change Jesus' illustration. Not saying we need to change the Bible, but it's like the illustration kind of is, is, is not as good. Sorry. Please don't quote me on that. Jesus, your illustration was fine. <laughs> it's not like building a house on the sand. It's like building it on jello or on water. To, to build your life on, on your feelings, that change, that we need something solid. We need to admit that we don't have the answers. Lord, I want you. Lord, I need you. Lord, thank you so much for being so clear. Amen? Okay, we're, we're moving, right? That the man of God may be complete. Now, I hope you get excited about this passage. That word complete, it's, it's capable. Proficient in the sense of being able to meet all demands. Whoa. Remember this quote right here, because we're going to get to the end, and we're going to feel some pressure. But remember this. Remember this. Also, remember this. Oh, anybody? Ford? Ford? Yes. Mm, okay. Yeah, I see you. I see you. It's an amazing vehicle. 2021. I think it's F-150. Ford what? Rap? Is it a... Anyway, I don't know. Ranger, Raptor. Is that a Toyota? If you remove one element of this beautiful piece of creation that was designed for a purpose, right? A specific purpose, a good tool. Yes! If you remove one single element from this vehicle, it will render it useless. It needs fuel, correct? The truck doesn't get up in the morning and be like, I got this. No, it's dependent on that fuel. Just like as we approach God's word, as we approach his word, there is something that we do that sucks the fuel, that sucks the fuel out of what God has called us to do. When we approach God's word as ourselves being the king, there's a lot of pressure there. I can't. I can't obey what God has called me to do on my own strength. Abandon king me and accept and believe and follow and get excited about king Jesus, let me try to make this clear. I hope I'm not confusing you. My favorite song is this, All I Have is Christ. And there's a verse in here. It says, Now, Lord, I would be yours alone and live so all might see the strength to follow your word, to follow your commands. It couldn't. It could never come from me. So, Father, use my ransom life in any way you choose and let my song, let my celebration always be. My let. Let the output of my life not be self, but be you. God said that his word is enough. It's complete. Now, in Bible college, if you had Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, you were like the smart kid on campus. So this is what Wayne Grudem said here. I want to read this to you. As far as scripture being enough, it being sufficient. The sufficiency of Scripture means that Scripture contained all the words of God He intended His people to have at each stage of the redemptive history. 
and that it now contains everything we need God to tell us for what? Salvation, for trusting Him perfectly, and for obeying Him perfectly. That's really good as we put things into perspective. Yes, salvation, that's the core. We, we need God's Word for that. But then living out our life, following Jesus Christ every single day, and then taking it out of these walls and obeying Him, serving Christ, making the difference, opening up our mouths, opening up our lives to those around us. Again, if we take Scripture and it's like, okay, I got, I got my Jesus and... And give myself a self-hug here. And okay, Lord, you love me. And we live our life in this little love bubble of Jesus that's making God's word all about us. But we're not serving ourselves. We're serving the King of glory. And he's called us to be on mission. To love God with everything that is, that's us. And then to love our neighbor as ourself. So as, as we close, you know, good preachers say that, let you know, there's an end. But as we close, this goes far beyond a pastor getting on stage. By the way, I'm just sitting next to you. I need this so much. This goes far beyond than just, okay, church, read the Bible. Enjoy your lunch. Have a great day. It goes far beyond that. Far beyond that. We looked, at, we looked at God's word and saw how amazing it is, how convincing it is. The evidence is overwhelming, like embarrassingly overwhelming how true and accurate and amazing it is. How God has went out of his way time and time again to help us to see he's with us. He's walking with us. He's talking to us. We must move beyond than just reading it. Of course, of course we need to read it. But why should we read it? Why should we read it? I heard someone say, you read it because you have to. That's very true. I have to. Any people in the building love to eat food? Love it? Okay. More than one time a day? Anybody? Three times? Four? Snacks in between? Yes. Okay, good. All right. I love to do it with people. It's more enjoyable with people. I don't know why. But when you do that, don't watch somebody else eat. That's probably the most disgusting thing ever. And close your mouth while you chew. Anyway, but we, we love to eat. We love it. We do it more than, as, as, as often as we can. And we do it with people. We do it in community. But we love to eat, but we also need to eat, right? We love it, and we need it. Let's take our Bibles out of the context of, well, it's boring, and take it out of the context of entertainment, and let's put it into spiritual life for every day. Spiritual life, spiritual direction from God every single day. Say you were driving in your car to work and the heavens opened up. Like the sky just cracked open. Crazy. Rainbows, whew, lightning, I don't know. And you heard a voice. This is God. You would calmly, right, pull over. Here I am, Lord. Speak to your servant, right? You would pay attention. He's done so much more than that. He came in the flesh, lived our life in our place, King Jesus, to free us from a life of self. That is amazing. So, how do we put this slide into perspective? 
where do we land as individuals? When we walk through the back doors and we come together corporately, and when we leave this place and we rub shoulders with the people that God has specifically put us in their path, how do we put this to the test? Well, just read God's word and see what your heart does. That's the application. Read God's word and see which side your heart lands on. Is it King me or King Jesus? Just read it. Uh, let's read it together. Where do we land? How about this? But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Ooh, that's good. That's good. King me or King Jesus? Because, you know, if you're, if you're relying on yourself, you can't obey this. When life isn't about you, it's about King Jesus. And you realize that he's the one who loved us, his enemies. And he came and he showed us that grace, we can do that for others. We can. Yes, obey, but don't look at that word obey like some kind of negative, like you bitter. <laughs> we can. <laughs> we get to. We must. We can. We get to. We must. Okay, a few more. Um, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit, to provide, to, to comfort the orphans and widows and their affliction. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. We don't have to dig deep where the Bible is there, where God is very specific on saying, take it out of here. We can. We must. We can. We must. And next, right? Um, I asked Emily, um, so what Bible verse do you think Christians have a hard time obeying? I don't know why she picked this one. I don't know if she was. It's whatever. Okay. But for real, right? Do all things without complaining and grumbling and dis disputing. Why? Look at the second half of that verse. There's a world that's watching your heart. They need to see the light of Jesus Christ. You shine as a light. Take it out of here. We must. We can. We must. Personally, corporately, and in our missional world, right? Just a couple more. You got this. We got this. This one's hard, right? For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. King, king me or King Jesus? Why would we withhold forgiveness to that person that hurt us when King Jesus has forgiven us fully? You know what? You can't give what you haven't received. Right? I can't give you a million dollars because I don't have a million dollars. Right? But you know what I can give you? Something impossible that Jesus has given me. I can give you love, forgiveness, acceptance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow! The fruits of the Spirit. That's in Galatians. You know that, right? Um... Anybody like oranges? Oranges, healthy vitamin C, it's good. Okay, an orange tree, how do you know it's an orange tree? I know, it's not very hard to, it's, it's got oranges, right? It's an orange tree, maybe you're smart, you know the leaf. Last time I checked, an orange tree didn't take a break and eat its own oranges, right? 
If you look at the fruits of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the outworking of the Spirit, that's for other people. That fruit coming out of our life is for other people. That's the outworking. Forgiveness. And uh, lastly, lastly, I promise. And this is the hardest one of all. You know, the Pharisees were coming to Jesus trying to make things super complicated. Don't you hate it when following Jesus seems to be super complicated? If you, if you get frustrated with that, just read, read the Gospels. They come to Jesus and they're like, okay, Jesus, what's the best commandment? He says, I will make it super simple for you. I'll take the whole Old Testament and I'll just put it on one hook. Love God. Love the Lord your God with everything that makes you, you. And then, what's the outflow of that? We must. We can. We must. We can. Love neighbor as yourself. Why should we love God with everything? What's the motivation? What's the gas tank? In, what's the gas can in the Ford? Why should we love God with everything that's in us? We love Him because He first loved us. That's the purpose of God's Word. We take it in personally, yes. We bring it in corporately together as a church to be able to look at our world with objective, unchanging truth. I'm thankful. And we take it out of these walls and we live it and we share it with those God has specifically put in our path to rub shoulders with. I love missionaries. I love our missions here at our church, but God has called us to be a missionary. The people that you rub shoulders with, a missionary will probably never get to speak to. But guess what? He sent you. He sent me. That's incredible. So don't take this application lightly. I'm not. Love the king, first and foremost. Read his word. Obey his word. And repeat. And as we do that, God's word is clear. We shine brightly. We shine brightly. Who here needs some help in following these three? I do. I do. I do. So would you join me in prayer as we ask the Lord, we together as a church, to be able to follow him in this way. Let's pray. Father, you are incredible. The evidence of you is overwhelming. You told us in your word that even being aware of creation is enough evidence. But Lord, you stepped down so low to make yourself so clear to us. Please grant us again the faith that we need. The faith that we need. Not, not just a superficial belief that we just take on our own, but a belief that will move out of our life. Help us to treasure your word as much and even more as we even treasure food. Connect our hearts to you, Lord, and help us to see you are knowable. Give us the strength and the grace to take what you have told us as our amazing, good, gracious king, take it out into this world and to be the church, to be the people, to be the light that this world needs. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. I thank
thank you for each one here, Lord. I'm so blessed to be here with my church family. And Lord, as we cry out to you, Lord, you told us you would meet us. When we lack wisdom, you told us to ask for it. When we're weak and we're needy, you told us to seek you and we will find you. So that's where we are, Lord, as a family, as individuals. We praise you so much for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Micah. Would you stand with me? We're going to be dismissed. Say our gospel prayer together. Pastor Micah will be out back. So if you want to sign your kid up for uh, camp, um, don't worry. Emily will be going with him so your kids will be safe, okay? All right. Um, do that and and be praying also for Pastor Brian and his family as they travel back for the Jesse family and for Lemuel Waters as well. Okay, let's say this prayer together. In Christ, there's nothing I can do that would make you love me more and nothing I have done that makes you love me less. Your presence and approval are all I need for everlasting joy. As you have been to me, so I will be to others as I pray I'll measure your compassion by the cross and your power by the resurrection. And one more reminder, tomorrow if you can bring a side dish or dessert by the church, uh, we'll make sure that the Jesse family has that for the family meal tomorrow evening, okay? Let's pray together. Lord, as we anticipate leaving here and enjoying our Sunday dinner, God, we pray that we as your people, as a people of the word, that more and more, that that would be our anticipation each day, Lord, and, and being able to be quiet before you and opening your word, not just saying we need what you say, but Lord, that you would put more and more a delight in us, Lord, to hear what you have to say, and then a trust, Lord, that as you speak to us, your spirit will empower us to move out as your people in obedience. So more and more, God, would you make us a people of your word. Lord, we rejoice this morning in being able to have Jennifer in our midst. Lord, it shows your faithfulness to your word, and we praise you for that. God, we pray for these families in our body that are hurting right now, for Stephen and Bambi, his brother, his mom. All that family, Lord, we, we give them to you. Thank you again for his dad's testimony. Please encourage them. Lord, we also pray for Lemuel. Lord, may he sense your presence with him, Lord, in a very real way. And Lord, help us as a church family to be all that you've called us to be, Lord, in loving and encouraging these dear families in these days. Thank you that you go with us. In Jesus' name, who makes it all possible. Amen. Have a great week.